Oh shit. Blog Talk Radio. Anyway, that is not 
o'clock. And this is the uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre one where it's the traditional one with yellow chainsaw, and then you get a uh, optional second head of the other mask. Oh, the uh, Pretty Woman mask is the the second one. Um, okay. So the, interesting. So there's that. Yeah, and um, then other than that, they are restocking their 12-inch Godzilla figure from last year's King of the Monsters 2019. So that's what's going on in NECA. <laughs> but, yeah, <laughs> NECA news. <laughs> wow, interesting. Cool. I, I like the candy, man. I'm actually looking at it right now, and that looks impressive, but it's a fucking cloth. Ah, kills me. Yeah. Great sculpt. I love the alternate head. I like the hook. Ah, just that cloth kills me, man. Yeah, it's it, it takes the Candyman and makes him look even more pimp than he already did. <laughs> yeah, if you could do it anymore. Uh, but yeah, Ghoul, you had some non-horror news, so why don't you get to it? What's going on? Um, no, I mean, you know, first and foremost, you know, I just want to take a quick moment and just, uh, you know, give our condolences out to the uh, to the Bryant family and everything that happened with Kobe Bryant and everything over the weekend tragedy of a helicopter crash that killed nine people you know it's uh it's a drag and I was a big basketball fan back in the uh, in the 90s especially um you know, late 90s, early 2000s, so kind of when I started to, to wane out. I was definitely gone by 2005, um, but I remember those early years of Kobe, and, uh, you know, he was always a class act on the court, you know, doing his thing, and, uh, you know, it was a, a big loss for that community, man. It's uh, it's a shame, and the loss of lives of his daughter and, and, and the other, other people all in the helicopter. It was terrible, terribly tragic stuff, man. Never want to see that kind yeah. of thing happen, you know? Yeah, I mean, I don't even think that you really need to be a basketball fan to know who Kobe Bryant was. I mean, I'm not a huge basketball fan, but I know Kobe Bryant. You know, he made a mark, you know, in, in Hollywood and as well in basketball. So it's a tragic loss all around, especially because the kids were on board. You know, it's it's sad, you know, that they were so young and, and you know, had to go out that way. Without a doubt, and I figure it kind of ties into the mm. mom and dad theme, you know. Um, aside from that, though, <laughs> on, on, on lighter fare of things – you know, I, I don't know about you guys, but, you know, I get all kinds of weird videos that, that start coming through. You know, Facebook, all their fucking algorithms and all the shit that's tracking you. I got to give them credit, mm-hmm. man. They st- I started getting videos about this from this group. It's like street beefs. These are like MMA fights or boxing matches between, like, people in a neighborhood or whatever. They set up some boards, a couple chain link fences, and, you know, mm-hmm. they, 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 there's rules. They're clean fights, but, you know, they're real fights. These guys are really going at it, and some of these fights are, are pretty freaking intense, man. Some of these kids got skill. I had uh, I reposted one on my Facebook page the other day. You know, I don't know. That kid had one hell of a freaking hook, man. I, I forget what his name was. I saw that man, one. But... <laughs> Listen, the fact of the matter is his opponent is leading with his chin. You guy, you don't stick your face out like that. You know, you're going to get popped. But it, the kid's hook was wicked, man. Oh, he was like White Tyson or something like that. I forget what it was. Something to that effect. But, yeah, his hook matched. matched. He, he, he made Mike Tyson proud with that damn thing, man. Um but yeah, I've seen some other other good fights. Some are like MMA style. Some are just straight boxing matches. I was watching one today. Some 
some dude with dreads against some some big heavy set white guy and you know like it's like the white guy was an older dude and i see him start getting tired and i'm like oh man that would be like me you know getting beat getting beat now <laughs> i'm like yeah the dude's gonna lose man that kind of sucks you know all of a sudden all it took was like one good shot and you just saw the other guy's legs get all wibbly wobbly and it's like oh <laughs> dude threw one more punch and the guy went down i was like oh that's the shot right there. You gotta love those moments. But uh, Street Beats, they're fan- it's fantastic stuff. It's so worth watching. So if you like fights and you like fighting and you don't want to pay seventy dollars for a freaking pay per view that you know a match might end in thirty seconds, watch this. You take ten minutes of your life and you know what? You enjoy the fight. <laughs> and it's way oh, better yeah. than the old school, the old school backyard wrestling video tapes we used to have to order off of USA. <laughs> I used to love those. Man, I had a bunch of those VHSs back in the day. I used to love the shit out of those. I was like, damn, that guy got fucked up on that barbed wire. Me and the doc had, we had bum fights. You know, we ended up ordering the bum fights. I remember fights bum fights. Video yeah. And got our hands on that one, man. Man, bum fights. That's taking it back to the 90s. Oh, what, what, yeah. I, I'm, so, I'm sorry, what's bum fights? A bunch of people in like LA, I think it was or whatever. They were <laughs> yeah. literally like giving yeah. homeless people like money to just fight and brawl. Like, like they were yeah. throwing like uh, you know some uh, jackass style stuff in there too to go with mm-hmm. it. You know, so so it, so are we talking know, like, like so are we talking like some Jean Claude Van Damme like Lionheart shit? Uh, yeah, without no. any kind of skill, <laughs> without, any, yeah. without any martial arts skill sloppy. whatsoever, yeah. absolutely. You're talking about just sloppy drug bums, dude. Yeah. Uh, and, I might uh, have. Yeah. I don't know if we had it on VHS or DVD. If I have it on DVD, I might actually have it in my DVD collection. If I do, I'll pop it in and try to record a little bit of it with my phone and I'll send it over to you, monkey. <laughs> you might even be able to find it on YouTube. You know, in this day and age, you might be able to find bump Oh, this is true, too. Yeah, you could probably find, you know what, that's uh, right. You know what, go do the normal thing, man. Go watch bump fights on YouTube, bro. I am definitely looking this up now. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's fun. Yeah, I remember watching a lot of those on Friday nights when I was younger. Um, yeah, that's always fun. Uh, Netflix last week dropped Sabrina, uh, the Showing Adventures of Sabrina, Part 3. They're not calling them seasons anymore. They're calling them parts. So Part 3 dropped oh. on the 24th. Eight-episode season. I'm four episodes in. Uh, Sabrina goes to hell. A lot of fucking fun. Sexy Satanism at its finest. Uh, if you're a fan of, of the, the weird stuff and Sabrina, a couple of Riverdale references in there for good measure. Uh, it's just a lot of fun, you know, seeing where they're going with this season. I know a lot of people dropped out. I think there's a little bit too much musicals going on this season. A lot of, a lot of musical numbers, but people like them. Well, listen, they're liking the you musicals. know what? That that right there is something that will actually draw me in. So, you know, because I always enjoy good like music a lot. I stopped there for I mean, just like episode five. You know, we watched part of episode six, and that was like, yeah, we never went any further than that. We never watched any of season two. So um, uh, we, we oh, started okay. it, or we were going to start it, and then we didn't. Uh, but we will. So I will get and there. And it's not, um, I don't want to say it's typical musical, kind of like high school musicals. Um, they have a band that's in the show that's like compromised with all the friends, so they do a lot of music acts. Like they did Weedus' uh, Teenage Dirtbag one episode. 
Um, they did another punk rock cover, another one. They covered It's Tricky mm. by Run DMC for cheerleading competitions, which is pretty fun. <laughs> um, but it, it's like that. It's sprinkled without, but it's still keeping in line with the whole sexy Satanism thing, which, I mean, you can't have one without the other. <laughs> it's just I'm having a ton of fun. It was like we went to bed to, uh, I recently got the extended edition of Sucker Punch. And uh, we went to bed oh, to that yeah, last night. Mm. And you know what? Yeah, it's 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 interesting. I like, like I don't, I'm I liked Sucker Punch as well, but mostly because the yeah. I forget what the main chick, yeah. baby baby doll, dude, she's so fun. Yeah, dude, she's so hot. She's <laughs> so fucking yeah. hot, dude. There's just mm. something so sexy about that girl. It's like, oh my god. Um, but regardless. You know, I still enjoyed. You know, I enjoyed it for what it was. Once I found out and realized that, okay, so it's not really any kind of real fantasy. It's like literally, like they're just playing around. It's Zack Snyder do, uh, doing whatever he does. Mm-hmm. Um, but the extended yeah. edition seems to add a lot of musical numbers to it. Um, mm, okay. Which kind oh, of re- okay. it really changes the whole thing up. I mean, it really ends up feeling like one really long music video. Um, but the whole, like, cause everything seems to be interconnected with songs. And sometimes it's her singing. Sometimes it's like, uh, there's a whole number with, uh, I want to say Oliver Platt, but it's not Oliver Platt. It's what's his name, man. It's Poe Dameron. I know these, uh, mm-hmm. I know them. <laughs> I don't know them by their fucking acting names anymore. I know them by the characters that I'm recognizing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Them in, real, in real, I think his name is Oscar Davis, I think, in real life. Yeah, uh, Oscar Isaac. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. Oscar Isaac. Oscar Isaac. There you go. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. him and uh, Becca from Son in Law. Um, you oh, know, Carla they, uh, yes, there we go. See, look at that. So, Oscar Isaac and Carla Gugino have like a whole big song and dance number that happens. I don't remember that being in the original movie. Um, she was looking but, pretty good you know, herself, though, in that movie. Gotta admit. Oh, yeah, but again, you know, you're also yeah. ten, years, 10 years ago. That, she's, still, she's a very, very pretty girl, man. Mm-hmm. That's one yeah. of those movies, man. I was so ex- excited about it, man, when it came out. But then, unfortunately, I played American McGee's Alice like shortly before it, and then I realized just how ba- how bad this movie rips off American McGee's Alice as far as like the origin story and you know how everything mm-hmm. happened. It was it was it it really was just a straight rip off of American McGee's Alice, um, as far as you know why our main protagonist got there. And I was just really upset by that. It's like because watching all the trailers and shit like that, and I was like, I don't know what this is, but it looks cool as fuck. I'm going to fucking love this movie. And it's just, you know, they just screwed up with the origin story about how she got there and stuff like that. Because it, it's it's literally pretty, pretty much damn near frame for frame exactly what happens in American McGee's house. And I might have felt the same if I had known that before I went in to see Sucker Punch. But I mean, I liked it mainly for the musical numbers. I mean, to be honest, but most, because they're taking these classic people, rock songs. I mean, you know, most people didn't play American McGee's Alice, though. It was a PC game, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and again, consoles were exploding in the year 2000 when that game came out. I don't even remember American McGee's Alice coming out. I remember hearing about the port that was eventually going to come to the, might have been the PS2. Um, and then I remember, I think the sequel it for three, it X- did Xbox actually. 360 as well. Okay, and then I remember the sequel did make it out um, to the consoles, but by that point, you know, there were never games that I played. Um, But so it was still, you know, it wasn't something I would have thought of with uh, with that movie. 
Mm. I was just thinking it was like every other thing that was coming out at the time, and especially yeah. from Zack Snyder. It was 300. You know, everything had that <laughs> CD look, that 300 look, you know, mm-hmm. so. Oh, it was still yeah. fun. Don't get me wrong. I had a great time watching that movie. It's just, just that one little bit of the storyline. You know, other than that, though, I had a great time watching that movie, man. You know, come on, mm-hmm. gi- giant fucking backs with bunny faces on them. Fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it's pretty It's pretty cool. I mean, I saw a good time with it. Um, but yeah. in thinking of movies that um, are kind of iconic, I guess, uh, for maybe our group, I don't think as a I whole. Uh, uh, the Crow, I think, is a big one. I think for me, anyway, I love that Crow with Brandon Lee. Um, and I remember back in 2018, they were going to be rebooting it with Jason Momoa playing Eric Draven with Corbin Hardy directing oh. it, who directed it. Um, and then all of a sudden, those two dropped out of the project pretty much almost immediately before it was supposed to go into pre-production. It was dead. So oh, he pulled God. it. No more talk about the crow. <laughs> so now the news broke today that they are bringing it back. It's now in development once again with a couple different production companies behind it. Uh, I just couldn't be any less excited. <laughs> I just I don't see a need for a crow reboot. I think it's well enough the way it was. There was a really bunch of crappy sequels. That followed it. I just think it's a standalone oh, movie that yeah. doesn't really need to be touched upon. Mm-hmm. But what do you guys think about a Crow reboot back in development? Go ahead. Go ahead, Monkey. You go first. <laughs> no, it's just that this movie, oh, man, it's like I, I saw it twice in theaters when it first came out. Um, I, You know, I really, really enjoyed the original comic books by uh, Obar. You know, it was just great pen and ink work throughout the entire thing, a, a true love story, you know, as mm-hmm. far as the original graphic novels. And I, I think they did a, you know, a, a really okay job of bringing this to the screen. But, yeah, I think it was a one and done for sure. I didn't think they needed to keep redoing it. That being said, though, <laughs> James Obar was just like, oh, you're doing it? Then I'm going to go ahead and do it too. And then he started continuing the Crow column books as well. And they're creating new Crow characters and things like that. So, you know, one wasn't really helping the other as far as the situation. But, man, the the first one, oh, it was just so much fun. Uh, just great, pretty movie to look at. You know, great soundtrack. Anytime anyone's willing to incorporate the cure into a soundtrack, fuck yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but yeah, I, I had a great time with it. Um, and it made incest seem okay. Ghoul, what, what do you think of it? <laughs> oh, By you way, know, man. again, Crow came out in what ninety four, if I remember right, yeah. um, or ninety three. Ninety three or ninety four. Um, yeah, that was one of those movies. That, you know, obviously the 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 tale of Brandon Lee's demise heavily oh, yeah. made over the release of the film. Um mm-hmm. so, you know, like I remember that all being what everybody was talking about prior to seeing it. Um it was all you know, it was all it was all the news for that film. Uh, I never read yeah. the uh, the comic or the graphic novel or anything like that, but you know, seeing the th- the movie in theater, I saw it similar to you. I saw it twice. You know, I really enjoyed it. It was very much a comic book come to life. You know, on screen. As far as sequels went, I had no problem with the making sequels, but unfortunately, again, with losing Brandon Lee, I never had any interest in seeing the sequels. Um, <laughs> You know, it was one of those where his portrayal of the character, similar to like Heath Ledger's Joker, um, yeah, it was 
you know, so well received. And, you know, I mean, I guess maybe if I was to watch it now, I might be a little more critical of it. But, you know, at the time, it was playing hard because it was, you know, it's Bruce Lee's kid and, I don't know, it's Brandon Lee. We were all expecting him to be this big up-and-coming, you know, martial arts slash actor, and, and now he was just gone at the drop of a hat, you know. Um, but, yeah, and he I mean, was as far on as any kind of, too, man. I, I just like I say with a lot of shows, I think that you know rather than going theatrical with the movie, why not make a series? You know, put it on Netflix, give it a mm-hmm. high production cost, and, and make something that's a little bit longer that could go into maybe a little more detail than trying to make a big box office thing that you know may or may not succeed, especially in this market where we have a lot of comic book options. That that yeah. I think would really work, King. What do you think, man? No, I completely agree uh, with what the Gore just said. I would rather see a series on Netflix or Hulu or Amazon, one of those streaming services. That might work a little bit better. I mean, there's been, I want to say, four sequels to The Crow. Um, yeah. There was Salvation, uh, and then there was another one with Eddie Furlong, who played that character C- of The Crow. City of Angels, um, wasn't that one of them? City of Angels is my favorite yeah. one of the sequels. I, I thought that Mia Kirshner was great in it. Yeah, fucking Iggy Pop. <laughs> showing up in that movie, Thomas Jane. You know, it was a fun fucking movie. I mean, it wasn't like the first one, but as a sequel, it's just it was just a, it's its own thing, just like the first one was. So the other th- two with uh, David Boreanaz at one point and Tara Reid, I think that was the third one. Oh, it was just a miserable movie, but um, I would much oh, rather see Tara Reid. Movies. Although I think they did do a Crow TV series, if I'm not mistaken. I'm actually trying to look it up as we talk. They, they, they did it one they, time. They, they I did. think they did. It was did. back in the day. It was like on USA like or something. Like Eric Mabius, I think, might have played him. I don't know. Might be mistaken in that one. But I bad. do remember it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, was, it was pretty bad. But um, with The Crow, that was also a movie starring Ernie Hudson, uh, who is going to appear in Ghostbusters Afterlife. And the news that came out this week is that officially – Rick Moranis is not going to be a part of Ghostbusters Afterlife. Vanity Fair was on set to do a set visit and interview the people that are involved, and Rick Moranis is officially not a part of it, which is kind of sad, but at the same time, kind of expected it, that he's not going to be a part of it. Just like he said in 2016 with Ghostbusters Answer the Call, I'm not interested. Thank you, though. Wish you best of luck. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, remember, we've spoken about, we've about it before about it. why Rick Moranis is no longer in films, you know, so it's not a surprise. I mean, the guy's fully retired. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it just it makes sense. I know a lot of people are thinking maybe he will, maybe he won't, because it's like the original crew, the OG crew coming back. Maybe he'll want to come back. But, yeah, I mean, he's making the right decision. Yeah. If it's for a cameo, who yeah. cares? You know, and I don't blame him at all. Yeah, and, you know, he's he's doing what he has to to, you know, be careful of his own – you know, men- mental state of mind throughout everything just because, you know, he's there to take care of the kids now, you know, full time. And that's that's why he took a backseat to acting. Yeah, well, I mean, again, like the, um, if you look at his, his IMDb or, you know, anything on Wikipedia with him, the last, like, anything he really did was uh, 2009's Bob and Doug as a co-creator and executive producer. Uh, I guess they mm-hmm. did an episode of the Goldbergs where it was talking yeah, about Spaceballs. So he got a credit for that. Um, and then he did an afternoon with SCTV, you know, as himself on a television special last year. But that's, you know, he hasn't done anything theatrical since Brother Bear 2 as a voice. Yeah, that was 2006. Yeah, and the oh, Goldberg, wow. he was a, yeah. Uh, Goldberg, he was Darth Helmet. 
remember that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He played Dark Knight. Um, yeah, it really threw me off to actually see him in the episode, man. I was like, wow, he actually came back to do a small <laughs> acting gig. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was fun. That's, um, that's season five or six. Mm-hmm. Probably whatever season I'm either yeah, season I'm just before. Mm-hmm. They're on season seven, I think, now, so it had to be at least season five. If I'm not, that if I'm remembering rightly, I mean, it's been a while since that episode. Um, but uh, what was the next thing I wanted to talk about? Okay, so Eli Roth, uh, he's being really ambitious right now uh, with his next project. Oh yeah, and I shouldn't say project; <laughs> it's a 360 project. Now I don't know if you guys know what that term is, but a 360 project is where you basically have the initial idea. And then you spin that off into anything from a short-term TV series to a video game to something else that's a live event. So he's working with Free Black Dot and James Fry on Clown Apocalypse, which is going to be not only a movie, but a video game, a live-action event, and a short-term series. Uh, No idea when this is going to be coming out, but he is planning on doing just that. I think that's very ambitious. Start with a movie and build from there, but no, he wants this project to be 360, fully engaged yeah. in Clown Oh, uh, at the same time, if you got the money and the backers to do it, it's like why not create a fully immersive experience? I mean, because how many times have we seen it where you know we get so excited because um, a movie comes out and it has the, the interactive website with it, you know, to go with it? You know, I mean, because even just Child's Play when that came out. You know, and we were all excited about their viral website where you could go and play with the website before the movie was out. You know, and for him to go 360, you know, and do all these projects and give you a fully immersive experience, if you got the backers, why not, man? Make make it a fun time. Uh, What do you think? I will will always be, you know, forever – just scarred by what was Enter the Matrix. You know, that uh, will forever taint oh. anything I ever want to do with major combination interactive media because, you know what? Focus on making the main product. The one thing that you wanted to do, get that done. I don't need a thousand other things that connect to it. I don't need a video game that connects to it. If another company wants to make a game that's based on that property or something like that, that's all fine and dandy, but I don't want to have to go through seven different avenues just to get the full yep. story. I completely that agree. I, I would rather just do a yeah. movie. Yeah, just honestly, just like to go with that. Just do a fucking movie. See how that goes. See how well it does, because there's been a bunch of fucking clown movies including Clown NATO that came out a couple of years ago. Just, you know, dip the toes in the water, you know, and see how it works. He's just fully on board with this 360 idea. And if it fucking fails, then he's just, you know, up shit's creek. And I don't want to see oh, anybody, he, you know, get kind of stranded. Well, on the flip side, if anybody's going to get stranded, I have no problem with it being Eli Roth. <laughs> I know. You don't want to get Eli Roth. I like Eli, though, you know. <laughs> of course you I do. do. He's an asshole. <laughs> he's a loud mouth asshole. No, he's not you, an asshole. You, him. you don't like him I've because he's a soft for him. I do too. I know why the monkey doesn't like him because he's a horror bro. That's why he doesn't like him because he's a fucking bro. <laughs> and that's how he talks about horror. But he knows his shit and I give him a lot of credit. I do. 
I give Eli a lot of credit for what he does. You don't like him because he's you a know. horror bro? Explain, uh, monkey, because uh, we talked about this. Yeah, it's just he's just a dick about, you know, I know more about horror than you do. You know, I'm this guy. I know this and that. And I'm going to sit there and rub it in your face. And at the same time, he's just kind of a dick, too. It's just that, you know, the interviews that I've seen, it's just he's a bit of an asshole. I I don't know. I don't know. I've never seen an interview where he's a dick. I mean, I just, that's, I don't know that's not a horror, bro. What's a horror, bro? I want to know what a horror, bro is. Yeah. Like, Zach Hagen's like, you know, what's up, bro? I love horror, bro. It's so fucking cool. The blood, the tits, and the ass, bro. It's so cool. Like, that's like a horror, bro. Like, Zach Bagan's like Ghost Adventures. He's like, come on, Ghost. Where at you, bro? And punch you in the face. Like, yeah, that, that kind of a bro. You know, no, it's just like, because pretty much the interviews that I've seen, uh, Eli Roth is pretty much the character he plays in Death Proof. You know, no, I mean, every the interviews I've seen, he's actually like that. Of he's just that douchebag asshole, like, <laughs> and it comes across that in every interview I've seen of him. Hmm. Like I said, I, I, I'm still, I I'm still not seeing the negative here. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I just like I said, I I have not seen it. Um, I don't know. I I've always liked Eli because he he appreciates horror like I do, like the seventies and the eighties type stuff. So that's why I've always appreciated him as a director. I'm I'm not like I'm not doubting your fanboyhood. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. Like I said, I just that. Yeah, but I, that's why I've always seen him. You know, that's a discussion for another day. We could do a whole episode on how Eli Roth is a douche, as told. Doesn't like movie. him, bro. Uh, I mean, come on, do you like Matt Riddle? <laughs> yeah, I, know. I like Matt Riddle. Let's do shot. Shot, 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 shot. <laughs> I don't wear boots in the ring. I'm barefoot. I'm Matt Riddle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's okay. the only thing that bothers well, I, uh, me. It's just Yeah, you know. Uh, now, um, I, I want to jump in real quick because uh, – um, Supposedly, the final Fantasy Island trailer dropped, and it's out, and uh, a lot of people are really excited about this trailer. And I don't know about you guys. It's like while I've seen um, the three trailers for Fantasy Island, and, you know, I'm definitely going to check it out when it comes out. It, yeah. it just it's, it's just striking me as a very popcorn kind of horror movie. Like, um, you know, yeah. there's <laughs> – you know – Blumhouse, what did you expect? What's wrong with that? What's wrong with the popcorn horror movie? I love those. I know. I'm not saying there isn't. It's just, you know, at the same time, I was just hoping for something a little bit darker. Unfortunately, everyone's getting so excited about these trailers, but I'm like, dude, watch the trailer. The entire movie's in the trailer. You know? <laughs> like, the people I'm talking to is like, can't wait to see what happens. It's like, just watch the trailer, man. It's it's right there. <laughs> hey, listen, bro. Listen, bro. Okay, bro. Uh, all that, all that, all that really matters in that movie, okay, is that it's got Lucy Hale in it, and she's hot as hell. Okay, she's a tiny little hottie. I don't care what else goes on in that film, as long as there's you know a good sixty percent of scenery with her in it, I'm I'm good, perfectly and, fine. And and and, and man, his sidekick is Mr. Work. No, I I honestly I just don't have a problem with it. Like I said, I've, I've seen all the trailers. I'm so excited for it. This looks like a lot of fun. Like I said, Lucy Hale's in it. You know, uh, 
Michael Rooker's in it. You know, uh, Michael Payne's playing Mr. Rourke. Like, it's just, I'm just, I'm on board. <laughs> They've already sold me. Stop showing me. Struck away. I, you know, you've got me for Fantasy <laughs> Island. I have no problems with what they're doing. Um, I mean, it's not going to break any barriers in terms of horror. It's just going to no. be a fun movie. You know? Yeah. And that's all I'm looking for. With this particular movie, all I'm looking for is a fun time. And I guarantee you I'm going to have it. Mm-hmm. I guarantee you I'm going to just go into that movie, walk out, and go, that was fun. It was a good hour and a half of my time. It wasn't boring. It was just, you know, fun stuff. So I'm looking forward to it. Um, we had talked earlier about the, the Crow, but there's another movie on the way, courtesy of Universal and Blumhouse, of The Thing. But what's interesting about this one, and that's what I wanted to talk about, is that back in 2018, there was a guy named John Betancourt who had found a novel-length book of Who Goes There by John W. Campbell, Jr., who was the basis for Howard Hawks' movie, The Thing from Another World, and then John Carpenter made The Thing remake in the 80s based on that. So what right. this guy found is the novel length called Frozen Hell, which incorporates all about the alien, where it comes from, more interaction with the characters. So they are taking that basic novel and making it into a movie. And this has people freaking the fuck out, thinking that they're remaking John Carpenter's The Thing, and they're not. They're taking this adaptation of the novel and making it into a movie. So I just love these fanboys of The Thing going, that fucked up, dude. That thing was the best. I can't imagine them remaking that. Well, they're not. They're making their own thing based on Frozen Hell. So all the John Carpenter Thing fans can rest easy knowing that they're not remaking Carpenter's thing. They're doing their own thing. But I can't wait. <laughs> I think it's going to be great to see what they come up with. I it's not play the with thing. My they're thing. doing their own thing. <laughs> we know Ghoul. <laughs> my dang my I had a good time on my thing and I had a cool girl last night. Very <laughs> <laughs> nice. She's going to get a good plug tonight, I'm th- sure. I think if they but, do this novel length of Frozen Hell and they incorporate what made the thing from John Carpenter so great, which is Rob Bottin's effects, I think it'd be fantastic, and I'm looking forward to it. But this whole thing about, oh, no, they're destroying Carpenter's yeah. legacy, they're not. Um, I just I don't know why everybody has to jump mm. on that bandwagon. It's a remake. No, the thing okay. is a remake. So, okay, so this okay, so pretty much it breaks down to originally there was a novel, then there was a short story based on that novel. No, the short story was called Who Goes There. It was a novella that Howard Hawks made into the thing from another world, which eventually became the thing that John Carpenter's a movie. This guy found a novel length called Frozen Hell, which is basically a longer version of Who Goes There. And that's what they're going to be making into a film. But people are thinking oh. this is going to be a remake of Carpenter's The Thing, and it's not. It's going to be Frozen Hell. So it's basically going to be a Howard Hawks uh, remake, if anything. Okay. I got what you're saying, though. All right. <clears throat> so someone found so the, in the other words, link of, of the short story that it was originally made on. Yeah. Yes, kind of, exactly. I, I think you, I think you kind of got it right there. Finally, um, yeah. I mean, essentially, they are taking, you know, the short story is what got made into a thing from another world, and eventually, John Carpenter's the thing. Um, mm-hmm. Now, the novel that I guess is a longer form version of that short story. It doesn't necessarily mm-hmm. translate into being a better version either. You know? No, no. <laughs> But it's not, it's not a remake, and that's what a lot of people 
I think are misunderstanding about the whole thing is that they read this and they think that somebody's remaking John Carpenter's The Thing, and it's really not. It's this new version of an old book that they found, and they're going to make it into a feature length. Um, and like I said, hopefully they'll do the effects that were in uh, Carpenter's The Thing that Rob Bodine did. I would love to see that incorporated rather than The Thing from Another World, which is a very boring movie to get through. <laughs> oh, I just, I'm very yeah. Boring. I do not <laughs> like that movie at all. <laughs> it is. It, Electric, it, electricity that. monster. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. A lot of doors opening and closing. Just for some reason, yeah. <laughs> open and close a lot of doors with, in the movie. Yeah, <laughs> with, with this big old uh, Frankenstein-looking motherfucker going around, but he's shot electricity. <laughs> yeah. but, but, oh, go ahead. Cool. I actually recently just got the thing and uh, the prequel thing. Um on Xbox like uh, two weeks ago or something like that. They had it on sale, so I was like, you know what? Finally, finally gonna grab them both. So I, uh, you know, and I don't mind the prequel. It's one of those rare versions where it's like, okay, you know what? It's my my only caveat with it is, is you know, you you know everything that's gonna happen because if you see the original film. Well, if you see the movie, you know, if you've seen John Carpenter's, you know exactly where everything leads to. And that's that's my problem with every single prequel um, of any mm-hmm. film series. Um, but, you know, Did you get the video game, it. too? I thought, I thought it was good. Uh, no, I never got yeah. the video game, but I remember playing it. I did, did I play did. it at some point. I played it. Yeah. <laughs> I never beat it, but I played it. I kept fucking dying. No. <laughs> I just, eventually, I threw my controller on the ground. I was like, this fucking game sucks. <laughs> I'm over this game. I can't beat this first section. The fucking thing keeps killing me. And then I gotta fucking but command you, all these people. But if you beat it, you get a cameo from Kurt Russell at the end. <laughs> I know. I've seen it. I've watched it on YouTube. I've seen the clip. I'm like, damn it. That's what I meant. All those years ago on my PS2 playing this thing. <laughs> I gave up after the, I returned to the blockbuster. I was like, you can take this game back. Don't want them anymore. Game is too hard. I'm gonna get something. I'm gonna get Super Mario. That's what I'm walking away with. <laughs> That's easy. I can do that in a day. Thank you. <laughs> um, <laughs> and he's finished. Okay, I think he wore himself out. Okay. All right. So the Super Bowl, I believe, is this Sunday, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yes, it is. Chiefs 49. Indeed, it is. So what? The big thing is Super Bowl commercials. That's the big thing. But in recent years, they've started to leak these commercials online before the game. So if you don't watch football, but you want to see the commercials, you can go online and see them. And one of the commercials that got released is for Mountain Dew Zero, which features Brian Cranston as Jack Torrance. And it is fucking amazing (laughs) to see a 30-second spot of Brian Cranston stalking Wendy into the bathroom holding a Mountain Dew Zero and talking about how it's the like same great taste, but almost new, and just trying to bat- he bashes the door down with the axe. It's fantastic. The spot is on our Talking Terror Facebook page if you want to watch it. Um, but yeah, to see Brian Cranston take over the Jack Nicholson role is hilarious, and I can't wait to watch the commercial during the game. Well, yeah, after I mean, watching I, the... I always oh, hate when they release cool. before the... No, sorry. I was just going to say yeah. they released the commercials prior to the game itself. Oh, yeah. So I, I've been mm. trying to avoid the best mm. thing yet. Mm. Uh, that but cool. I, I mean, but, but King, after watching the commercial, do you think he'd be able to actually do the role full full force, like if he did a full movie? No. No? No? Okay. <laughs> I don't see. 
I loved my Breaking Bad. Don't get me wrong. I love Walter White. But it's just, watching the ad, it's like he did okay, but he seemed to be hamming it up too hard because it's a commercial for a soda. So he's got to be a little bit funny with it. But seeing him play psychotic, I want to say he can because of Breaking Bad, he had a couple moments where he was really crazy. Um, But just, you can't beat uh, Jack Nicholson. And I know, like, the ghoul and I have seen Dr. Sleep, and there is a cameo played by a certain person that. And that's good, but it's not Jack Nicholson good. You're never going to be able to stop that. Stephen Weber okay. couldn't do it back in the 90s with that miniseries. Just, that's a level of crazy that you're not going to be able to get. Right. Uh, you, know so what? I just re- you know what? I'll, I'll be honest. I just rewatched Dr. Sleep um, just a couple days ago, three days ago. Uh, we split it over the course of, of two viewings. Um, just because we had put it on fairly late, and uh, you know, I am I'm happy to report that I uh, I still really enjoyed that film, and it really is a shame yeah, that it did not good. get seen by more people. And I admitted it when I told you that I watched it on air that I actually liked Doctor Sleep, and I'm not a Mike Flanagan fan. I never will be. I think it's just because I enjoyed the material, like taking me back to that place that I fell in love with all those years ago, the Overlook. And revisiting mm-hmm. Danny Torrance, I think that's what grabbed me, and that's why I love that movie so much. It wasn't because of Mike Flanagan. It's because it's just that's the place I want to be, you know, revisiting the Overlook after all these years, having Dick Holland come back and having when, you know, Wendy show up and, you know, the surprise cameo of Jack at a certain point. It's just it, it's amazing to see, and I fell in love with it because of those reasons, because I wanted to go back to that place. So yes. do you think the uh, so do you guys think the movie tanked maybe just because it wasn't in uh, at the time of what was coming out like you know King Properties it maybe wasn't an intense enough project? My true opinion, honestly, is is that yeah. it suffered from it too. I think yeah. it too mm-hmm. being as bad, like you know, as as perceived as bad as it was, um, did not help. Doctor Sleep. I don't think anybody wanted to see another Stephen King esque sequel. I mean, 2019, you had Pet Cemetery's remake, you had It Chapter Two, and then Doctor Sleep. Now, Doctor Sleep underperformed, but in the end, it did actually at least make money. It did make it to I think like yeah. 75 million. Um, yep. Which was good. I mean, it, like I said, it underperformed by by quite a bit. But again, they uh, they at least got something out of it. Um, but yeah, it's a shame because out of those three films, Doctor Sleep is easily the best one. Well, uh, it's Chapter Two. I just actually watched that recently, and man, what a fucking bummer that was. Like, I I really wanted to enjoy it. I knew all the hate that it had going into it. I wanted to watch it kind of free of that. And then at the end, I was like, yeah, it really is as bad as everybody said it was. It was just uh, – and I think a lot of it had to do with Bill Hader. I mean, I love Bill Hader as an actor. I think he's a great comedic actor, but just the wrong movie for him to be in. I think he had a little bit too much comedy. Like, I think there's just too much of it. And see, I don't blame him for that. I think he was the best part mm-hmm. of the film. Um, I mm-hmm. Again, I will stick to blaming Muschietti. Muschietti is the one that constantly went comedy instead of going horror. And you oh know, yeah, that, that Pomeranian. That was that was his thing. choice, you uh, know. I hated that that whole Pomeranian sequence. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it just, 
No, that was movie, funny, though. though. That, that, that was funny. That was one of the few parts that was actually good. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I couldn't get behind thing it. About the whole, like, <laughs> but, like, um, just because on all of the talking for uh, um, horror forums I'm a part of and stuff like that, it's I'm slowly seeing this, like, um, resurgence of Dr. Sleep coming up that, you know, now people are willing to give it a chance and they're going, you know, hey, I'm going to give Dr. Sleep a try. And more and more, I'm seeing more and more now. people. No, but I'm seeing more and more people going, man, I really had a great time watching this movie. You know, I don't understand why it tanked mm-hmm. so bad. And I'm like, because none of you guys went to go see it in theaters. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I think it'll find a home in home media. I think that's uh, like a lot of those movies back in the day used to find a new home where it's just yeah. everybody's talking about it. Everybody enjoys it. Um, you know, I think it's going to find a good home there. Um, and like I said, I, I'm a fan of it. Uh, I didn't go see it in the theaters. I'm guilty of it too. I didn't go see it in the theaters just because I don't like Mike planning But when I finally got to go see it, you know, digitally, I was pleasantly surprised and I really appreciated what they did. And again, like the ghoul had said, I think it chapter two had a lot to do with it because it chapter two left a lot of bad tastes and a lot of mouths, but it wasn't what people wanted. It wasn't dark enough. And that, finale wasn't what I wanted at all. Like it just it, it fell flat in the third act where I just kinda wanted it to be over at a certain point. I was like, this is three hours too long. It was too long. That didn't help yeah. either. I think again, I think if you spread King out over the course of some time, you do okay. Um you know, the one thing that I would have liked, and like, cause I like, I, I was telling you guys before, you know, I just got the uh, my own edition of the the hardcover of Doctor Sleep, so I'm looking forward to finishing it. Um, you know, because I really enjoy the True Knot, and you know, oh, yeah. one thing I think both me and the Ghoul Girl came out with the, you know, with the movie was just you don't get enough of them, and you don't get enough about them, more to the point. No. You know that that's. I wish you would make a book like that. Yeah, or yeah, like I was saying, even like a series where it kind of focused yeah. on the true knot, like you know who they are and what they're involved with. But but that's the thing about anything like that's a Stephen King project is he writes his characters so thick and so deep, you know that you, you know it you they really have a hard time conveying all of that and bringing that to the screen. Yeah, I think the yeah. problem is, though, is that Rose the Hat, phenomenal. The actress portraying her, I uh, forget her name, Rebecca Ferguson, I think it is. She yes, Rebecca Ferguson, in Haunting Hill House. Phenomenal. Like, so yes. great. And yep. all you want, mm-hmm. she's on screen, you just want more. You want to see her Fantastic. doing more things. You want to see what's going on in that damn head of hers. Like, you just <laughs> yep. want more of the damn character. And that is like, you know, I don't think it's just a matter of them not being able to translate it because there's more of her in the book from, you know, what I've even read so far. Oh, yeah. But it's just, it's just not enough time in the movie. There's definitely a lot more of her in the book, and I think you'll enjoy it once you read it. But, yeah, I completely agree. Even after reading the book before the movie even fucking came out, I was like, why doesn't he do more True Not? Like, he's moving on to other things, and I appreciate that, but a series would be great. I would love to see a couple books on the True Knot and what their intentions are and where they came from. Um, maybe he will one day. Maybe he will go back and write some more True Knots. But that, uh, you know, is one of the things I'd like to see. Um, but before we get into the movie tonight, one of the things I wanted to talk about as well is Richard Stanley's Color Out of Space was released. 
and it's getting a lot of popular attention. A lot of people are enjoying it. Tommy Chong is in that movie. Um, he plays a character that Nicolas Cage interacts with, and he has an idea that he's been working on for a while for a Cheech and Chong horror film, which I would be all for. I would watch it right now. <laughs> it came out tomorrow. I'm surprised it never happened in the it. past. Right? Yeah, yeah. man. It, yeah. He always wanted to do it. He said in an interview recently uh, when promoting Colorado Space that he always wanted to do a Cheech and Chong horror film. It just never happened. He said he has a script. It just never got picked up. I'd watch it in a second. Like, I, I think it would be so much fun to see those two <laughs> in a horror film. Be like, Abbott Costello get high. <laughs> you know what I mean? It would be great. Yeah, well, that's what I'm trying to ask. Every Cheech and Chong like, movie yeah, was yeah. Abbott and Costello get high. <laughs> That's true too. You know, I should say mm-hmm. that. Yeah. But are they talking about like a comedy horror movie? Or are they talking about a serious horror movie? Wow. It would definitely uh, be comedy horror. Yeah, I don't. I don't think you're putting them together and not having the comedy aspect <laughs> of it. You know, I mean, that's that's what mm-hmm. they're they're they are. Two, mm-hmm. they but are. I just think. I think it would be wonderful to see. That. I mean, especially with Color Out of Space coming out with with him in it. You know, maybe that'll be like the revitalization that's needed for the script to come out. I mean, I don't know. I'm sure Cheech Marin would be up to it. I don't think he would turn yeah, but, away from doing a Cheech and Chong movie. But I thought he bowed out of the whole Cheech and Chong thing. Uh, well, you never know. I mean, that's what I would say. Money. When they bow, people they, like money. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just like Bruce and playing Ash again, money talks. <laughs> That's what I have to say. Um, if uh, it, if enough of them can get the Eagles back together, then we can sure as fuck get Cheech and Chong back together. <laughs> there we go. Um, and speaking of The Walking Dead, which comes back next month for the mid-season 10 premiere, um, they've released some art today for We Are the Walking Dead featuring Daryl and Carol and Michonne. Um, but the biggest thing that I got a laugh out of was earlier this week, Robert Kirkman was on Twitter because somebody asked him what caused the zombie apocalypse? What created this show, The Walking Dead? What created the comic book, The Walking Dead? His answer, two words, Space War. And I fucking lost my shit and I started cracking up because that is just – cracked me up because it's like all these people want to know why the zombies are there, what created them, what caused them to start being reanimated corpses and killing people. And this is something that Romero was even trying to work past in 68 when he made Night of the Living Dead. They're like, well, you have to have a reason. Uh, I don't know. Uh, space probe came back from Venus and, yeah, yeah. fuck shit up. Yeah. And he yeah. didn't want them like... He just wanted them to be <laughs> dead and coming back to life. There shouldn't be a reason why. So Robert Kirkman saying Space War, I was like, good job, man. That's epic. <laughs> what do you mean there shouldn't be a reason why? I mean, come I on. Either. As a, as a person either. with a scientific mind, I want to know something okay. like that. You know what I mean? Like, that's something mm-hmm. that would interest uh, okay. me, you know? Is it biological? Yeah. Is it just, did hell open up and that's what it is? You know, there, there's so many... Like, remember something. Death is like the one thing that we still have no fucking idea about. We don't have any right. truths behind death. We don't know if there's heaven. We don't know if there's hell. We don't know if there's blackness. You know, there's so many unanswered things there. So whenever you're making something in which, you know, you're literally taking people's loved ones, you're taking, the, you know, the, the dead and bringing them back. 
you kind of hope that in some way they also give you a little bit of a deeper meaning behind that and explain to you why. Monkey? Yeah, but you don't got to go super deep. It's like, again, it's like, oh, you know, you can just have fun with the ride, man, and just a small explanation, you know, like they did in Shaun of the Dead. Satellite crashed, okay? Um, and I'm fine with of the that. Dead, you know, Venus broke, you know. Yeah, but, yeah. you know, small, something like that. But I'm saying, uh, you know, but on the flip side, Google, it's like what you're saying about the whole, you know, you want a deep ex- scientific explanation. It's like well, no, on the flip okay. side. Is... Only oh, reason sorry, I'm saying what, that what, for what? Walking Dead is because it's a TV series that has gone on for so many years that, you know, yeah. I don't think a bare bones explanation of, oh, hey, it was a satellite. It's going to be something that's going to be satisfying to anybody. How many years have been invested into this show now? Ten? Yeah. I don't know. But it's, like, I'm so yeah, beyond but it's just, uh, fucking uh, reason. Uh, <laughs> at this point. Yeah, but at the same time, it's like you can just let it go and just be like, you know, hey, something happened. It doesn't really yeah. need yep. to be explained. It's, you know, just mm-hmm. enjoy the ride. It's like because this is like my – like my whole thing about like Toho versus America when they get a hold of Godzilla, you know Toho's like okay, radiation got a hold of some shit and things went bad. All right, America has to sit there and take Godzilla and over-explain it all to hell about showing a million labs developing this and that, you know, which have resulted in this, which resulted in the giant lizard thing. Okay, it's like you know just enjoy the ride, dude. <laughs> The yeah, original Godzilla the was completely an answer to the, you know, to the fact that we dropped an atom bomb on you, Japan. You were there was there was yep. deeper meaning behind everything that went on in that original film. The biggest difference between yeah. Toho and any kind of American remake is that we don't like to put people in rubber suits. That's all. We want to use technology <laughs> to actually present a much larger fucking scale creature. It's just you know we're America. We do it bigger, baby. America, <laughs> fuck yeah. America, um, fuck yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I get it from both sides. Like, I get where the ghoul's coming from, and I get where the monkey's coming from. I mean, I split that in the middle. You know, it, it's nice to have an explanation, but honestly, in the Romero movie in 68, I didn't really even give a shit that there was an explanation why the zombies are rising. I'm like, there's this fucking the dead coming back to life. Dawn of the dead. They just, they're just there. They're coming back to life. You know, I just never really mm-hmm. thought, well, Why? Why are they fucking reanimating? Why are they coming back? I just enjoyed what I was watching. And, you know, they, they tried to do it in Dawn of the Dead with the two explanations from the, the doctor and the reporter. It's like, I don't need it. <clears throat> it's fodder at this point. It's dead yeah, but it's just, That's it's a bigger just, issue. And, and I'm just going to sit there and go back to the uh, just what I know of the original knowledge of the original issues of the books is that it, the, I, the point behind The Walking Dead wasn't what caused everything the point of the story and the point of the book you know was just day-to-day survival and you didn't have mm-hmm. access to that info- information about where it came from because you didn't you weren't getting that information because your point of the you know where what you're watching as far as your storyline was these people that are just trying to survive day to day you know, and that that yeah. was Kirkman's original, you know, vision for this is he's not doing yeah. this grand scheme of the entire world falling apart. And he's going to tell you everything. He's just telling you about this group of people who are just trying to survive. And I appreciated it. You know, I I didn't read all of them, 
but I read a, a number of them, you know, including that first issue, and I, I enjoyed The Walking Dead mm-hmm. because I could see the Romero influence that Kirkman had oh, when yeah. he created it. Um, so, I mean, that, that's his explanation, and I appreciate it. So the last thing I wanted to talk about before we get into the movie tonight is the Saw movie that's coming out that's starring Chris Rock, Samuel L. Jackson, directed by Dan Lynn Bowsman. A lot of people have been Wait, wondering Chris what Rock's the working on a Saw movie? I know, crazy, right? <laughs> but a lot of people have been wondering what the title is going to be because it's never been officially released. So what's being bounded about, and this is a rumor, this isn't true yet, but this is what's being said to be the title. It's going to be called Spiral from the Book of Saw. A little wordy for me, but I kind of like it in a way. For some reason, I'm digging it. Like, you know, just the Book of Saw. Like, you know, for some reason, I just I dig that byline. I don't know why. I just I, I dig it. Like I said, a little too wordy, but I'm going with it, and I kind of hope that's what the final title is. I just wanted to get your guys' thoughts on Spiral from the Book of Saw. Uh, Ghoul, you weigh in on this thing because I know you're a big fan of this shit. <laughs> what, the Saw series? I haven't even finished them. <laughs> <laughs> but you own them all. <laughs> I do own them all. We. doesn't mean I'm watching them. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. You say something like this. What is it? Spiral? The the what? The spiral. Dragon? Spiral Story from the Saw. Book of Saw. Spiral from the Book of Saw. Um, it sounds like a, I don't know, like a mini series or something. I, yeah, sure. Whatever. I, it, yeah, it, it sounds, it's a little it, wordy, it sounds like a Lord of the Rings spinoff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It sounds like an <laughs> it sounds anthology. Like a yeah, yeah. To me, it sounds like a blueprint. Like you know, maybe this is them going off of what John Kramer started. So because I don't think that Tobin <laughs> Bell has been attached yet, so it could be a, another copycat of of Jigsaw. So like I said, I kind of dig the the title. It's not been made official yet. Another don't reveal stuff, man. I haven't seen all the movies. What are you saying, dude? Huh? What's up with that? Shush. <laughs> Spoiler. Have you seen past three? If you've seen past what? three, then I think you're okay. I think I've seen Pansy. Yeah, I think I went to like five. Yeah, so you know he's dead. One of them's got Mark Wahlberg <laughs> in it, right? Or Donnie, one or the other. Yeah, Donnie, he's in two and three. Yeah, so you know Jigsaw's dead. But anyway, so that is uh, the, the... He's dead? What? Title. We'll see. I know, I know. Really? He died in three. Moving on. <laughs> well, yeah, moving on, because this is a family-friendly show after all. So we want to talk about not only families, but this... moms and dads. Yeah, it is. We curse a lot, but we're a family show because Nick Cage curses a lot to his kids, too, as we find out in this movie. So, uh, Mucky, this is your pick of the evening. Mom and Dad, 2018, directed by Brian Taylor. Uh, Why don't you tell us what your thoughts were? Uh, Give us a synopsis, and we'll kick it off. All right. Excuse me. Mom and Dad is a dark comedy that takes place in the suburbs of Anytown, USA. And life is good in Anytown, USA. Dads are successful businessmen. Moms are terrific housewives, even though they still have maids for some reason. I don't get that. And all the kids go to gated-off private schools. Yes, life is swell in any town, USA. That is until one day when a mysterious broadcast is played across the airwaves. And when parents are exposed to it, they become brutal, feral, hunting beasts of their very own children. Because, like I said, life is swell in any town, USA. And that's pretty much mom and dad. <laughs> what happened? <clears throat> exactly. 
Now, I picked it, I picked this movie because, like I said, I wanted to mix things up this year. And we all know your dear little monkey would never, ever, ever fucking pick a Nicolas Cage movie. But, dude, seriously, after hearing the king tell me about this movie, it's like I had to watch it and um, cover it for this show. That That's the only reason I picked it, was the king talked it up so much, I had to watch it. So, <laughs> and I got so excited, I was like, fuck it, we're going to watch it and cover it. All right. <laughs> um and Anything. what I yeah and what I let's see here and what what I thought of it is I normally don't like Cage you guys know that I fucking can't stand Cage um you know because Cage is Cage <laughs> but for Cage in this movie Cage being Cage really worked just because Cage really nailed being Cage <laughs> but this movie did hit it on a serious personal note because um like. Back when, you know, like I'm a part-time parent now, I know that. But back when I was with my ex-wife and we had our first son, um, I had a house in the suburbs. I had two cars, a dog. I used to go to PTA meetings. I used to chaperone field trips and skate parties. You know, you know, all that shit. And I was always working so hard to make sure that, you know, I was like, like they said in the movie, quote, unquote, doing it right. And like there were there were just times that you just wanted to lose your shit over all of the bullshit that was involved with doing it right in suburb life, and that's what I thought of it, man. So uh, yeah, cool. I, uh, my mom and dad. You know what? Again, I, I've said it before, and I'll probably you know end up saying it again at some point or another. Probably even repeat it tonight. Nicholas Cage works well in some roles. And other roles, he doesn't. Um, no matter what, you're getting the exact same performance. You're getting the same character. Mm-hmm. He is at that point in his career where he is just always Nicolas Cage. There's just no yep. no way around <laughs> it. There's no, no changing that. Um, that being said, this is one of those films where it worked. I mean, anytime he was on screen, it was oh great. God, yeah. I, uh, I, I loved watching him uh, when he was so freaking wrong. out doing his things, yeah. Um, it, why is it called that? Because it saw us all. Um, you know, I can't even lie. That's something I've said, like, you know, myself, because I use sawzalls on a regular basis. Um, you know, it's a, it's a tool that I, I regularly have and use. Um, fucking badass but, tool, but too. It is. It, it's, it's a fun fucking tool, man. You know why? Because it saws all. It's pretty fucking simple, man. It's right in the title. If you got the right blade, you're fucking cutting through it. Um, you know, I, uh, I too, again, I can, I can sit there. I can relate to, to the things going on in the film as far as parenting goes. I mean, Monkey, you know there's no such thing as a part-time parent. You know, just because we're divorced and, you know, we may not have our kids at all times, it doesn't mean we're part-time parents. We're, it's always a full-time job, no matter what. Um, unlike you, though, Thanks, you know, boy. I uh, – I never had a problem showing or talking about my feelings and emotions whenever I was pissed or not liking what I was doing. Uh, maybe that's why I uh, ended up you know, not being very happy with things. Could also be the fact that I had a penchant for uh, you know prostitutes and, and and other things, but you know who knows? I don't know. But, uh, but, but we but, won't talk about those guys. No, 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 no. Those guys. Hey, wait a minute. <laughs> Those times. Times, that guy. 
Oh, time. So I was like, guys, wait, come on, man. It was only one. No, I, I said guys. He I said, said guys. guys. He did say guys. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> and I was correcting him saying that he meant to say times, not guys. But that's me. <laughs> As you were, ghoul. But yeah, Sorry. again, this was a uh, it was a it was a fun movie. So I uh, I thank you for your pick, monkey. No, thank the king. He made me pick it, man. Uh, but king, we know you fucking love this movie. Tell us what you fucking thought. Yeah, Nicholas dude. Balls. I, I fucking, I loved it. I yeah, I will suck his balls all day long and be happy about it because I which, I've seen which Mandy, viewing was this for you? <laughs> fifth, fifth. So yeah, I've seen it like five times. Um. But yeah, no, I I saw Mandy back in 2018, and and the Ghoul and I did an episode which you can find on our archives. Oh, Mandy, you came and and uh, you gave without (laughs) taking, and I sent you away. (laughs) Oh, Mandy, Um, a song about a dog. So I've seen that movie. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Um, but I've seen that, and then right afterwards, Mom and Dad became available. And I rented that, and I fell in love with it. I was just like, it's, I love movies that can do dark comedy well and have a good, horrific kind of uh, connotation to it. And I love this because it's parents turning against their kids. I had seen a ton of movies back in the day of kids being evil and turning against their parents, but never the other way around. So when I finally got to parents? see this movie, I just – What about the stepfather? I, the stepfather in a way, but not in this sense, where they're just fucking psychotic and they're just stabbing out eyes and shit like that. Just completely... I don't know. Terry O'Quinn was pretty terrible. fucking badass, man. Oh, yeah. No, I'm not <laughs> going to say that. But that's not his kid, though. I mean, that's, I mean, the whole brand of that movie is that it's a stepkid, you know. But anyway... Hey, listen, um, man. As a step-parent, okay, it is your kid. <laughs> you love them just I, as much. If not more, because I'm sometimes they're about, cooler than your kids. <laughs> I mean, I'm talking about biological uh, from the standpoint of the movie, but yeah, it just it was it was great to see this because I mean, you guys, you know, you have kids, obviously, you talk about. It. I don't, you know, I never I want do. them. <laughs> oh fuck. Yeah, you know, I never <laughs> want them. Um, so I'd be fine in this apocalypse you know, until my parents come banging on the door. I think they'd do it anyway. Even if there wasn't this thing going on, I think they'd probably want to take a swipe. But <laughs> that's just them. And but that's one of the things that I liked about this movie. Is that when you get into it, you get the whole thing of the mom leaving the baby on the tra- uh, the train tracks, and it gets hit, and then you get introduced to the Ryan family, and you have Nicolas Cage playing the patriarch of Brent, and then you have Kendall, the mom, played by Selma Blair, and I love the fact that he's making fun of the kid getting killed in the railroad tracks with his kid, and the kid's enjoying it, having fun, he's squirting ketchup all over the counter, you know, it's that, but it's also you get these little hints of what's to come especially when Nicolas Cage is tickling his son on the couch and his son in return throws the ball at his head. And all of a sudden he gets oh, that yeah. dark turn. And he's like, you know what? You're not going to make it to 10. Like, okay, that's a fun little line. I mean, that's, you know, but at the same time, it's, it's kind of foreshadowing what's to come later on in the movie, especially when you see him getting into his car and he's just slaying that pussy back when he was a teenager. <laughs> and that guy that played him as a teenager looked fucking exactly <laughs> like him. What's that mustache? Great job of casting for that. Yes. It looks so much like Nicolas Cage. And she's shoving her tits in his face. and like, woo! And that's Thunderbird. I was like, yeah. Is that Nicolas Cage? Well, the funny funny thing with Nicolas Cage in this movie is, is, you know, as you go, you realize that, you know what, he'd probably be capable of doing this to these children without 
whatever it is that causes (laughs) this whole thing. And it's great because they show you the transformation. Yeah, yeah, he he wants to have you know the the things that he had back when he was a teenager and he can't have now because now he just sells machine parts and he's stuck being this happy ho hum dad and he wants what he wants like when he's building the pool table and you have the Regan Youth song playing. Any town USA, and he's like, "Fuck yeah, I got my pool table, you yeah." And she's like, "You don't even like to play pool." And he's like, "God fucking damn it, can I have some fucking adult time? It's always got to be fucking kid time in this fucking house for one second. <laughs> it's just it's, no, it's a we're, we're wearing his misfits, you know, playing his loud ass music, you know. He's he's like you know trying to get into it and shit. Yeah, and he doesn't even like pool. <laughs> it's the whole thing." He hates fucking pool, but he just wants his own space where it's not kids all the time, where he's not tripping over fucking toys, where he's not being the father all the time. You know, he wants that. Like I said, he's wearing a Misfits t-shirt. Like, it's him trying to recapture himself as a teenager. So already, this whole house is a pressure cooker. Like, you have Kendall, played by Summer Blair, who's just trying to get in touch back with her daughter, and her daughter you know, is just not having any of it. Just, I'm, I'm living my own life, and I have my boyfriend, and I have my friend, and, you know, it's it's a great home dynamic that felt believable. It's just, with Tumble yeah. Blair, though, every time I see her, though, all I can think is, like, her just leaning over a bed going, you want me to cool, suck you cock? <laughs> 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 yeah, Cruel Attention. Fucking love that movie. But, uh, but yeah, that's all I can think of the whole time. Sarah Michelle Gellar? Hell yeah. And her trying to recapture her youth, you know, in the movie, doing yoga with with her friend, which is also the friend of her daughter's, Riley. Um, You know, just not really having any of it. But it's, you know, it's one of those things where Riley's mom is like, I'll just fuck kill that bitch. Like, she steals from me, and she's a bitch, and your daughter probably is too, just saying. I love parents that are like that, man. Like, I, because those are the kind of parents that I can get along with. When there's a parent who has, like, no problem being like, you know what, man, fuck my kid. You know, like, because sometimes, you know, maybe a lot of parents don't say it and maybe they feel it, you know, but I am just, I, I'm a sleeve, you know what I mean? I wear everything out on it. And I have no problem saying that sometimes because, you know what, sometimes our kids can be assholes, man. Um, it's a bummer. It's a fact of life, though. Just like there are people in this world that are just sometimes assholes. Well, you know, like the cool girl has taught me. Kids are just little people. You know, they're just little <laughs> versions of people. I used to not even think that they had feelings, you know, because kids are kids. But, you know, I've I've, I've had to change my ways. Yeah, but okay. on the flip side, it's like it threw me off because at the same time, like the ghoul saying, you know, you find those other sleaze parents to hang out with where it's like found out like, um, you know, back in the day, my, you know, my son's best friend's uh, best friend's dad, he and I would start hanging out at these goddamn skating parties and shit like that. And then one night I invited him over to, you know, our, our neighborhood poker party and <laughs> You know, and I'm thinking he's the stand-up guy. He owns his own business and all that kind of shit. And then in the middle of the poker party, he pulls out a big fat blunt. And he's like, "Anyone want to hit this?" And I'm like, "What? What? Hell yeah! You're on the you're on the PA too, man. What the fuck, man?" Well, you're not cool. Then, Come on, monkey. No, be, be cool. No, and then work. all and then everyone else around the poker table looks at each other, and then we all go, "Fuck yeah!" <laughs> we start passing that <laughs> shit around. <laughs> you know, it's just 
it's funny because it really is. It's a tale of two opposites. There is nothing worse than when your friend befriends somebody that's parents you just can't get along with at all. But it is also like the greatest thing on the planet when your kid like ends up becoming friends with somebody that you just instantly connect with, you know. And that's like my buddy Larry. Um, you know, like we've done mowdowns together and shows and concerts. Oh, yeah. You know, Larry has seen me under the influence of just about every single possible thing imaginable. You know, flying on Molly while at a mowdown, while doing lines of fucking blow and keg stands all underneath a bunch of tarps and trailers because these kids have to do it. And of course, when did we decide to do this? We decided to do this Sunday night. Because why? Why party Friday night or Saturday night where, you know, you had concerts to go to. No, we do. I do this Sunday night. See, Larry's a straight guy. I do it Sunday night because, you know, we have to go home the next day on Monday. We have to be up to drive the next day. And Larry, who is completely sober like I am now, uh, one of my inspirations actually, would hang out the entire time. Like, he would just get into that mindset without actually needing to do anything. And that right. always amazed me. And so here we are, Sunday night, partying into it. We don't sit down to actually close our eyes till about 5.30 in the morning. We don't even get any sleep. By 7.30, we're cleaning up the freaking tent, the campground, and everything. By about 9 o'clock, we're on the road. Larry's taking the first stretch. I'm sitting there, and it's a five-hour drive. I'm staring out the window. I realize I dozed off. I open my eyes, and I look at, at the road, and I see that the car is starting to veer to the left. And I look over at Larry, and he's sleeping, too. And <laughs> and we just, you know, thankfully we survived. We made it home and all that, but like we joked about it afterwards. <laughs> we like, yeah, you know, talking to his wife, Molly, like, oh, did you guys get any sleep? Oh, yeah, about two minutes on I 90, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and with the movie, what I like is, again, we talked about explanations with Robert Kirkman earlier. There's really no explanation as to what really causes the parents to turn on their kids. It's a static hiss coming from the radio, yeah. coming from the TVs, but it's happening. I assumed it was the and, television thing, but they do never tell yeah. us, do they? No, they don't. They um, don't never an explanation. Yeah, because we have the static thing, and but at the same time, they don't explain what exactly. Like Because no. there's talk about no. che- chemical – there's – Talk about you know in the news broadcast about chemical attacks from other countries you know mm-hmm. um, you know and things and like that but th- there's no specific thing like we do get the static thing but again we don't know where it's coming from we don't know why it's happening you know there's no explanation and I I, I love that they did that you know that they didn't overexplain they sit there and let other people elaborate to let you elaborate you know if you yeah. want to. But as movie wise, no, it's just a thing happening. It doesn't like they had uh, really Doctor Oz on TV talking about pig savaging. <laughs> you know how the mother yeah. will kill the piglets when they're young and to sit on them and stuff like that. But I love the scene at the school <clears throat> when panic is starting to set in, and you have all these parents arriving at the school oh. to take their kids home, and it's like, oh, I want my kid. I want my kid. The cops are like, send the fuck back, man. Get the fuck back. You know, <laughs> you can't have your kid. And the one kid decides to make a break for it and get over the fence, and he's immediately keyed to death by his mom. <laughs> and she's like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, yeah, okay. Man, she's got yeah, the I, right now. She, 
she, she's got those fucking okay. Volvo keys, man, and she's just fucking braining them. You know, just blood all over the fucking place. Sorry, Ghoul, what were you going to say? Well, okay, so, like, okay, my only two complaints that I would have with the movie, obviously not getting the explanation, I'm fine with, because mostly because they kind of did the whole Night of the Living Dead thing, uh, where yeah. there's mm-hmm. multiple sources, you know, you have, it could be uh, a nature thing, it could be a religious thing, it could be a science thing, it could be the static fucking electricity, it could have been a comet, for all we know, who knows? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I wish the film was a little gorier. I really figured oh, yeah. that, you know what, you yeah. got Cage, you got Blair, they really could have taken this film and went full-on gore with it, and they don't. And every time they don't go there is when I'm kind of like, uh, like I know it's rated R, but it's rated R for language. It's not rated R for yeah, the gore fact. I know. Yeah. Okay, because but, they have the whole oh, thing, the scene on the football field where you kind of get some of it, like the goal is saying, where you have the one girl with the garbage bag <laughs> put over her head. And the dad just like strangling her to death. You get the one guy trying to stab the one girl. (laughs) (laughs) And then you have Carly's boyfriend, Damon, which I don't know early in the movie when Nicolas Cage is saying, I don't like that boy coming over. I'm like, little racist? (laughs) Oh, absolutely. Because he's black, and that's why you don't want him to come over. Yeah, that's what I took it as. But like that. That whole scene with Damon coming home to his father, where you see he's a drunk, and he's having to constantly clean up after his dad. When you see that fist curl Dark. up after he takes the beer can away, it was just fucking savage, that whole scene. Because I felt so bad for Damon. Mm-hmm. Like, he's having to defend himself against mm-hmm. this guy who's completely under mm-hmm. this fucking hate. Static. Mm-hmm. And when he puts that glass underneath his chin, oh shit. <laughs> Stop it, Dad. Well, Stop it. He's still going. Well, still similar going. to the crazies... You don't know yeah. if his mm-hmm. dad is doing this just because it's his America, norm yeah. or mm-hmm. if it's because he's, you know, under the, the influence of whatever's going on right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because he says to him, you know, like, In oh, this hey, scenario, you know, yeah. this was going to be, the, you said it was going to be the last time, you know, he's been through this before, this poor kid. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, I definitely, uh, I definitely enjoyed that. I, I would have liked more of that. Like in the film, like you know mm-hmm. those those little mm-hmm. those little moments like that. Mm-hmm. And, and also, also uh, go ahead, Mike, I'm sorry. Oh, I was going to say, but also we have Damon here, who seems to be the the one true character in this movie. It's like he's the one who yeah. actually has yeah. some depth to him, but also he's, he's like the one person. who he he's not living in the the nice part of town. He's definitely you know no. He, no. he's and he's busting his ass to try and get himself out of his situation. He knows where yeah. he is, and he's busting his ass to get himself out. You know, he's uh, studied the fuck off for his uh, PSATs. You know, uh, when he's done, he's finished like 30 minutes early, but he knows he fucking crushed it. You know, and you know he he's trying to do the right thing. Well, you know, he's like yeah. you know you know, t- you know t- texting Nicholas Cage's daughter. You know, f- fucking nailed it. And she's like, hey, you want to celebrate? You know, want to give me some of that dick later? And he's like, bitch, I'm trying to get the fuck out of this shit. He he's wanna fuck this black dick. Yeah. He's trying to improve himself and, and, and then we get the cut of Josh, uh, the little brother at home, where he sees the housekeeper beat her fucking daughter to death with a meat hammer. <laughs> you know, he's like, Holy shit, this shit's fucked up. But then it's it's one of those things where you start to see that these parents are only killing their kids. They're not going after anybody else. 
They only want yeah. their kids. Like, we get it when um, Carly goes back home with Riley and they're hanging out and she's watching a news report and Riley goes up and sees her mom. And the next thing you see is Riley's mom strangling her to death and going, hey, sweetie. Like, oh, shit. <laughs> like, so it's – they only want the kids. And that's what Damon points out to Carly when he finally finds her again is that, no, he's cool. He's not going to hurt you. Like, that's, that's not what it is. So he puts two and two together for the audience of, like, this is – Parents killing their offspring. It's not them just killing anybody that comes in their path. Mm. All right. Now, now, um, also, can can we backtrack for a quick second though? Is yeah. just because Google no. brought up a good point. Uh, <laughs> fuck you, Google. <laughs> um, no, the Google brought up a good point about you know we don't know if it's nature. Is because we have the whole thing about we do have at the beginning of the movie, um, that family of birds and the mom mama bird pecking the fuck out of one of the baby birds. And um, was the, that the, the mother? Ha- I thought that was the, crows that were pecking at that body. No, it was, the, was the mother birds. Yeah. I think that, I think he's right okay. about that. See, I I, just yeah, took that I, I thought it was just the crow scavenging for the body. See, I, I I took it as just a mama bird, like picking on the 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 weakling of the nest, if if you will. Okay. You know, and that's when we sure. we have the little kid go and hide in the t- the t- t- bird. <clears throat> I'm sorry, the firebird. Um, yeah. So that, so that's why like maybe the ghoul brought up a good point, and maybe it was nature as well. You know, maybe it wasn't it just be. that broadcast. Because if that's well, the case, the why guy, the fuck would it well, affect the bird? Well, you also have that explanation from one of the characters. They say that you know. Uh, the whole defeating the the other generation so that there's no competition, um, right? Mm-hmm. You know, wiping out the one for the other. But you know, um, I don't know. I uh, I, I enjoy yeah, the dynamics of the characters. I enjoy yeah. the regular stuff that's going on between them. I enjoy looking at Carly. Um, oh. yeah, especially <laughs> being, being that she's going to be in the schoolgirl outfit for the entire film, mm-hmm. fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> But the the one thing that got me yeah. before anybody that, says, like oh, blah, 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 she's too young, she's in high school, and the bitch is 24, okay, yeah. so. Oh, I know, she's I of age. <laughs> I checked it. Oh, the king the, checked it before he spanked it, okay. Oh, hell <laughs> yeah, that doesn't yeah. matter. <laughs> she could have been, been 46, but if she looks too young, the king doesn't want anything doing with it. <laughs> Not when they look that young. Nope, no thank you. But, mm-hmm. you know, he sent him a picture really of a wrestler me. that was like 32, and he's like, oh, she looks too young. She did. She looked way too young. She looked way too young for me. But um, the scene that really got to me, though, in this movie is Kendall going to the hospital to help her sister give birth to the <laughs> new baby. And when she finally was like, okay, this is happening. You're going to give birth. And, oh, my God, it looks so beautiful. And you can hold it. And, oh, my God, this is great. And all of a sudden, she's like, damn, I'm going to fucking kill this fucking baby. I'm like, oh, oh, shit. Somebody get that fucking baby away. And they just held on to that where she's just nonstop like a fucking crazy person trying to kill this kid. I'm like, it was a fucking intense scene for this movie. This newborn infant just coming into this world. And the mom wants to feel it. I was a little disappointed. I fucking loved it. I love ahead, it, cool. but I oh, know because I'm sitting there going, are they going to go there? Are they going to go there? And they started to go there. I didn't think they were. But they didn't go all the way, and that is what I wanted. Yeah. I think yeah. that would have taken I, I, too far. Yeah, but at the same time, I'm with the goal, man. It's like if you're going to go here, you're going to sit there and do dark, dark comedy. Go dark, man. Don't be yeah. afraid to go there. 
just because I, I like, get it. You know, I just I didn't see it happening. I was like, somehow they're going to stop it. I, I mean, again, no. yeah, I, I agree. It would have been great to see yeah. because it would have added to the darkness of it. But I was like, no, the way they're going to do that. Like in this movie, they're yeah. going to do something where the baby gets saved. You know, and they have to take it away but from the, Kendall. And she's like, what the fuck's happening? Like, you know. But that's the common problem we have on the show, though, is you know when we sit there and talk about movies, we we get so excited about a situation going. Are you do you really have the balls to go there? Because we're excited yeah. to see someone trying to do it, but then hardly anyone is willing to go <laughs> to the whole nine yards and be like, yeah, we're gonna fucking go there. Strap in, <laughs> you know, <Yeah>. and, <laughs> and well, the problem is too movie, is that yeah. you know you have movies that do go there. But when they do, they go too comedic with it. You know what I mean? Almost like yep. if you look yeah. at like yeah. uh, like Dead Alive. You know what I mean? Like it almost yeah. goes yep. too far in the other direction sometimes. You know, and that I feel right. is like one of the closest to getting the balance right of that dark comedy with like great gory horror. <laughs> but again, even that though, that gets to that point where it's just, you know, it's silly oh, for yeah. silly sake. Uh huh. Um. Yeah, and of course, it's Brent, first one that comes home. You know, Brent comes home being bored at work after watching all that porn, you know, and falling asleep at his desk. He's going to go home because <laughs> he's bored. And he sees Damon in his house. He's like, what the fuck are you doing here? He's like, you know what? I know what you guys do. He's like, we're in a world of fucking internet porn. Hello, Brent. Anal beats. Anybody? Yeah, I know what you guys do. <laughs> you know, and... He, it, they get into a fight, and he knocks Damon out, and then he turns on his daughter, where it's the first time you get to see him turning on his daughter and also his son, Josh. He was like, Dad's home. Great. He'll save us. No, you're going to be a target, too. Nope. <laughs> well, it's yeah. great, too, because Cage it's, is going about how, you know, I know what you guys see on the Internet, and, you know, like I had to yeah. find that on magazines. You know, it's like, whoa, man, I remember yeah. that. Yeah. I remember being excited I, I, I used, I used to go to, to the freaking bus shit. station <laughs> in Freehold, okay, because it was the only place I can get magazines that had, like, they had porn the porn penetration. Yes. Well, no, like, I remember other that bus places thing. had porn mags, but the one in the no, borough had, hard like, penetra- penetration porn mags, you know, because I didn't want to just see fucking Playboy or Penthouse. You know, I wanted to see a chicken fucked, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, then when, he's when, in there, and you know, he he's in there talking about all this shit, you know, with Damon, you know, <laughs> and just you know, I know what you do, I know what you do, you know, and <clears throat> yeah, and then they come around, and he just starts to go ape shit on the kids, and I just love it when you just see that switch just flip. <laughs> it's so good because you have Kendall coming home too, and she hears it on the radio, like if you have kids. Do not go home. I know it's going to be your first instinct to go home and protect them. Do not go there. And she's not infected yet. She hasn't really been in in touch with that virus yet. So she's like, I'm just going to go home. Like, I need to. Well, no, we don't know that, though, because she hasn't seen her kids yet. That's the thing. You don't know if anybody's. Just like the crazies. I thought she had to see them to really have it take over. But that's. Like but that's, what I'm saying. Okay. that's why we don't know. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's the thing. Mm-hmm. It's like The Walking Dead. Everybody's got the virus or whatever yeah. it is. You know, like her sister mm-hmm. had the baby, like, in her belly. It wasn't until she actually held it in her hands and looked at it, you know, with her eyes. And it was like, I want to kill this walking dog. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
think I because just, while yeah. because while her sister was giving birth is when Kendall got exposed to the whole you know static yeah because it was on the TV in the background. All right, so then mm-hmm. again, like you were saying, King is she was exposed, but it's not going to kick in until she meets her or knows she's around her kids because as she yes. goes into the driveway, all of a sudden you see her going to T eight hundred mode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and when she wakes up, Nicholas Cage and Brent's like. They're in the basement. <laughs> She's like, yeah, we got to get this fucking kids now. And, and this is, again, I fucking love Nicolas Cage. And in this scene, he is so fucking great because they know that the kids are in the basement and they have to get them out somehow. So the mom's like, come on, guys. It's it's okay. It's your mom. You come out. And they're like, yeah, we're not going to come out. We're cool. We're going to stay in the basement. And Nicolas Cage goes, motherfuckers. Open the motherfucking door, you motherfucker! <laughs> when he kicks in, uh, it is so great. Uh, there is not enough of him doing these things nope, in this movie. You know, I could have used <laughs> so much more of him just like, hey, you know what? Cage, do your thing. Go ahead. Yeah, and then when Sema Blair breaks out the Sawzall. Well, why? Are you breaking that out? Because it's Sawzall. <laughs> yeah, okay, good luck with that. <laughs> she turns it on, and it does nothing. It just vibrates against the door. And like, yeah, good job. She that's, has, that's not going to get to that. You got to do, right. do a pilot hole. You, you got to do a pilot hole. <laughs> or, no, you don't necessarily need a pilot hole, but if she would have went more uh, more aligned with the door itself instead of trying to go straight on with it, um, okay. she could have gone. Yeah. And, again, like most of those sawzalls, they're, they're variable. So if you slowly pull the trigger, you'll start getting a slow movement with the blade, which oh, yeah. would have started the mm-hmm. track on the door, which then she could have sped up and gotten into. And she uh, does it in a way. But it doesn't she was just too eager. So, so, she she, she didn't do enough foreplay. You know what? Don't be so fucking eager thing. next time. <laughs> you need something done, you gotta do it yourself. And I'm gonna grab that fucking gun. <laughs> oh, you what, brought a gun for home protection? <laughs> no. You're doing. You just, you're, 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 you're really doing this whole midlife crisis thing, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> well, what was the password? Because, oh, it was yeah. to Josh's birthday. And then you see Josh posing with a gun in front of the mirror with his underwear on. <laughs> he figured that out real quick. <laughs> you know the passcode to get I, that gun out. You know what, though? It just automatically made me think of fucking Joker, you know, with the whole, (laughs) hey, you're a good dancer. I know. (laughs) Thanks, Arthur. (laughs) But this was was, uh, one small problem I had with the movie was because how old is Josh supposed to be? Is because while everyone else is at school, he's at home. You know, so is this kid yeah, actually supposed yeah. to be like four we or five? We question that too. Yeah. He looks I, to be about I, yeah, ten or he's eleven. Almost the gym. Yeah, like, he, yeah, yeah like, he looks about ten. You staying home from school? <laughs> you know, there's no school that day. Yeah, I, I, yeah. that bothered me too because like, he's it's, old enough to be in school. He's not like three. It's like, whereas like, like and and this is where it's like it took me on track of another Nicolas Cage movie because if we're gonna sit there and um. Go where? Um, sorry, brain fart. Superhero movie, you know? <clears throat> oh, kick ass! All right, where his daughter yes. was supposed? Yeah, where his Big daughter Daddy was supposed to be? Uh, yeah, really? you know she's she you know she's supposed to be between uh like or like around eight or something like that, but she's like fucking fourteen in the movie, 
You know, um, well, they had to change that for the movie because you're getting you yes, get her to do that movie because she was fantastic in that role, man. You know, mm-hmm. I get that she I'm, was supposed I'm, to be yeah. younger, but dude, she was so good in it. And come on, man, there was I'm, nothing like I'm, hearing that I'm, girl for the first time being like, "Come on, you cunts." Yeah, I'm not. <laughs> yeah. I'm not arguing that. I'm just saying though, is it made me think of that because again, I'm thinking the character of Josh was supposed to be much younger than the actor who played. Probably. Him. I'm thinking, you know, mm-hmm. the character of Josh was maybe supposed to be five or six. I mean, you know, I mean, I I thought about it at the beginning, but then I just didn't think about it again because I was so in rapture with this movie, um, especially when they come up with the trap where they're just going to gas him out, where it's like we're just going to hook up the hose <laughs> to the gas line. And we'll just wait to hear them cough, and then it'll be good, you know. Well, Nick was scared to open the door. Carly, Carly. Here's the thing, man. I mean, you know what? Listen, I uh, I had a big bone to pick with this whole thing, you know. The fact that they are plugging into the gas supply from yeah. the stove and feeding natural mm-hmm. gas. Down into that basement. Now, also down in that basement, which we also will see at a point in this film, is the water heater. If you are Mm -hmm. filling gas into a basement like that, that basement would have gone poof. Pilot light. (laughs) Yes. There is open flame down there. You know, yeah. the fact yeah, that, yeah. you know, like that, that, and, and even again, even without that, let's say that's not there, and that basement just fills with that much gas, that house isn't just simply getting a quick flash fire. You're going to have a pressurized location in which you are now lighting a match, and you're going to get something that's going to do a little bit more damage than just simply blowing Nick Cage through a wall. <laughs> which I love, too. That she came up with yeah, that. I love it. Big bada boom, big bada boom. <laughs> and when he opens that door to take care of business, and it blows him back, and then the next time you see him, he when he wakes up at the sawzall, he's got those fruit loops all over his face. <laughs> but that's because, that's because he told yeah, that home alone, man. <laughs> <laughs> but he got nice fucking home touch. alone by his own daughter. <laughs> I said the same thing. I go, oh, she's gonna home alone him. <laughs> mm. yeah. And you have some of Blair, you know, picking up the, the meat hammer and yeah. going after her daughter who's mm. running upstairs because she escaped through yeah. a hatch in the house. Mm. And then Damon comes back. He's awake. Um, this guy's like the fucking Terminator. Like, he's well, here's my fucking Damon. It's fucking Damon. Here's my other problem yet again with the movie and, you know, again, details, yeah. blah, blah, yep. blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right, yeah. Fill the gas in the basement, right? The kids yes. pull off a grill with a filter in it and then somehow proceed to go from being in the basement to being in the attic. People mm-hmm. under the stairs, man. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. Movie logic. They were going to pop out of a crawl space or something like that, but all of a sudden I see her open a hatch and even the ghoul girl turned around to me and said, Aren't they in the basement? And like I even said it when they were crawling through because I noticed the insulation and the beams. And I'm like, well, aren't they in the in the basement? Like, why does it look like an attic? You know. But now, sure enough, they uh, they they end up in an attic somehow. 
Yeah, because somehow yeah. this modern house has um, 1800s giant ass crawl spaces between the walls. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, like the fucking Matrix. <laughs> And again, like I talk about Damon, Damon, like you know, he's defending Carly. He's trying to help her against Kendall. <laughs> he gets the hanger in the face. And the okay, goes through a lot of shit to get. To okay, do you do do you think that was an intentional Halloween? Uh, yes, nod I do. right there. Okay. Yeah, that's what I took it. Okay. He gets the hanger in the face, and then he falls over the top of the staircase, and then hits his fucking head on the way down. I'm like he's dead. There's no way he's coming back. No, this is the way. toughest. This is the toughest motherfucker <laughs> ever. Yeah, like, <laughs> motherfucker. This motherfucker doesn't even go to college. He's got to go to fucking boxing. <laughs> yeah, I know. Street beefs, everybody. Street beefs. <laughs> <laughs> In this corner, we got Dame on. <laughs> Well, that and shot that he came had... from Nicolas Cage in the very beginning, I oh thought my God, yeah. might have even put him in when he does his little, like, slam down his hand, pushing his head into the floor type of deal. <laughs> yeah. But you have him getting knocked out, and now you have Brent and Kendall back up, and they're hunting their kids down. Uh, oh, my God, just close your eyes, bro. Just close your eyes. It's going to be quick. We're going to die, and we have no choice. Ding dong. Oh, shit. My parents are here. Yes. But, uh, yeah, you know what? I'm just going to go answer the door. I'm just going to go take care of them. Mom, Dad, holy shit, Lance Hendrickson, why are you stabbing me right now? Oh, my God, Dad, you're killing me. You fucking pussy. I didn't kill you yet. (laughs) Monkey's happy right now because Lance Hendrickson just showed up. Oh, man. This scene, I was, like, so happy, but at the same time so upset because it's like, uh, you told me Lance Hendrickson was in it. It's like, I wanted more Lance Hendrickson. Yes. Oh, uh, you did. Yeah, it said it in the okay. credits. Yeah, no, it said in the opening credits, but also the king told me what he was telling me about it. Okay, oh, and wow. it's just I <laughs> want I and I, I I just wanted more Lance Henriksen. It's like you got like, a lot. And I'm gonna, it was great. No, no, but I'm saying like I I would have loved just like during those moments when Nicolas Cage was talking about how he fucked up the Firebird and shit like that. I would have mm-hmm. enjoyed some flashback moments with Lance Henriksen and Nicolas Cage. I love it, though, <clears throat> as a whole, because you have, you know, because now you get the parents <clears throat> of, you know, friends <laughs> And Kendall's like, you can't kill your kid. He's like, I never even liked your name. What fucking name is Kendall anyway? Okay. <laughs> That's a fucked up name. Kendall's not a and name. Then you, yeah. <laughs> you know, I love when, when Brent is attacking Josh in the sequence, when he's just like, arf, 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 like fucking barking through the hallway. I was like, this is the cage unleashed. Getting into the garage where the Thunderbird is. He's like, Dad, please stop. No, don't. He Fi- crashes Fi- Firebird. Firebird. The Firebird. Firebird. The Thunderbird. <laughs> but you got the flashback to him saying, yeah, I fucked up once too. And then, again, like the monkey was saying about the Firebird story. <laughs> but when Mel, played by Lance Henderson, runs into the fucking room and he's like, you're not going to fucking walk again. And he starts stabbing him in the ass. He's like, no, no, no. <laughs> Much of him, yeah, would show. 
So I think what they gave us and the way they gave it, and it was I had forgotten he was in the film. So when all of a sudden mm-hmm. he pops up at the door, I'm like, oh, shit. And, you know, the first thing in my head is, oh, my God, his parents are going to try to kill him. Um, you know, so I was, I, was, I was thrilled. I was excited. And I love the fact that when Josh says, don't kill my dad, don't hurt him, he's like, hey, there's my piss and vinegar grandson. It's like <laughs> the, grand, the grandchildren aren't affected. So the grandchildren are off limits. It's only the the biological children that they're going after. So he's not concerned about Josh, and he's not concerned about Carly. He's only concerned about Brent, you know, and that's what leads Kendall to, you know, fighting off the mom, you know, in the kitchen. Like, you don't want to kill your son. He's like, yeah, we do. (laughs) We got to. Um, I just, I love that sequence, though, like the monkey was talking about with Nick Cage and his son. Where he's like, yeah, I fucked up two once, and I fucked up that car. And he's like, but you know what? If you ever fuck with my car again, I'll fucking kill you. <laughs> I believe you. <laughs> I hope that you will. Because you mean it. <laughs> yeah, well, the look you gave him was like, oof. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's like I was talking about earlier, when he when he threw the ball at the back of his of uh, Brent's head, I was like, if I did that to my dad, he would beat the fuck out of me. <laughs> oh, yeah? You want to go, motherfucker? <laughs> you forget how strong I am. Like, Damn it! I fucked up. <laughs> you know? I would have gotten the belt but, that day. But but you can tell though it's like the amount of rage that's going on here because um you know we have Lance Henriksen's character who loves the Firebird. You know we have Nicolas Cage who fucking loves the Firebird. You know and yeah. they're willing to sit there and fucking destroy this thing to get to their own ken. You know, the one thing that's kept this family together in a very disgruntled way, they are willing to destroy this very thing that has kept their family together. Yeah, because you get to see that scene where Nick Cage as a teenager is getting that fucking ass in that car. Woo! That's why that car got wrecked. And the father <laughs> sold it back to him. And he had to pay back every cent because of what he did. And he eventually did it, you know, and that's why he has it in the garage. That's why he's so protective of it. Um, but yeah, in that scene when when Josh gets up against that garage door, like he's gonna get hit, like that car is gonna crush this kid. But he ducked out of the way at the right point, where he's like just fighting for survival. I mean, it's, it's just such a great scene. And Lance Henriksen, I think he got the goriest death in the entire movie when that car goes crushing outside of that garage into the street, mm-hmm. and his face just gets fucking destroyed. <laughs> Dude, now, I love the mom's slow motion death, man. The <laughs> knock on the over. <laughs> like, when it first happened in general, I was like, wow, that's great. It was really funny. But then the fact that they were giving it to us in slow motion, her face in that moonroof, man, was like, oh my God. Oh, it was so good. <laughs> Uh, Mel, Len Henriksen's character, getting that fucking face plant. <laughs> they're both gone out of this. Kendall's still up, still trying to get that car away. There fucking comes the Terminator, Damon. I don't know where to hit her with the shovel. <laughs> Just to make, you know, the Boom. ending of this, where we have to tie them both up downstairs, which, to me, though, it reminded me of the scene in the basement when they're talking after the pool scene where he destroys the pool sequence. You know, put your left foot in, put your left foot out, then you fuck shit up. Like, you know, they're in the same position that they were in that sequence. 
mm-hmm. where they're both sitting you know, back to back, where she talks about how she just, you know, she gave up a lot to be a mom. Like that's what you're supposed yeah. to do as a woman. You're supposed to, you know, be a mom. You're supposed to get burned, mm-hmm. and that's what you're supposed to do. Wow. And I just don't like it. I oh, gave up a modeling oh, career oh. to do this. I mean, again, that's that's society's perception of what they're supposed to do, you know. But that's also what you're supposed to do as a parent in general, you know, when you take on the responsibility of, you know, birthing a child. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but they have them both tied up in the basement, and both Kendall and Bren are saying, just, come on, guys, like, it's cool. Like, you know, we're your parents. Like, you know, we're, we're completely fine. We love fine. you. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we love you guys. And, of course, Josh. It's like, come on, after everything you've been through, stop being a bitch. Like, they're, they're affected. It's like, I love you, Mom. I love you, Dad. No, they're affected. Don't fucking believe it. <laughs> when they start fighting, get their restraints. Like, God fucking damn it, let us out of here. Like, yeah, no, they're still going. <laughs> they, uh, no, and 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 it's great the that they ended the movie on just one last rage cage. You know, they even though they cut it, it's like they just there and find time to fit one more little rage cage in there. <laughs> but to me again, well, this leads back to the discussion earlier about you guys having kids, because what he says is, but sometimes we just wanna, and then it just goes to black. So it's, you know, your your parents and you have kids and sometimes you just want to fucking beat the shit out of them because they're just <laughs> assholes. But you can't oh. because you're parents. But that's well, the whole no, thing about this, this black comedy. What this brought Go me what back you to is once that happened, I just automatically went to The Shining. You know? Yeah. You just want to yeah. bash your fucking brains in, you know? That's exactly yeah. where I figured he was going with the line. So when it cut, like, mm-hmm. I just heard him completing that, you know, which is another case yeah. of a parent kind of going nuts, you know, against the very family that's supposed to be able to trust him. Yeah. And that's that's the whole thing I went back to is the whole thing of, you know, you love your kids, you want to take care of them, you want to make sure that they succeed in life, but when they're fucking assholes... Sometimes you're like, you know what? I just want to fucking smack the shit out of you. <laughs> you know, <laughs> just gotta tell them. Well, these days it's hard too because you're not even you're not even really capable of telling them that they're assholes. Because if you tell them, <laughs> yeah. the problem is they start getting you know they'll talk to somebody at school that'll become an oh, issue. Then the counselors call you. Everybody needs therapy. It becomes like one whole big thing. Like God, man, you know how much therapy I would possibly need if they went by like what my mother or my stepfather called me throughout the course of my young life like it'd be ridiculous (laughs) that happened to me when i was a kid i remember i was in the fourth grade and you know i was talking to a couple people and i was like my parents are complete assholes and they just do this and they do that and next thing you know i'm in the counselor's office with my parents folded arms staring at me going what'd you say what's that (laughs) nothing well the counselor says otherwise i'm like i didn't say anything yeah that was a fun night for me (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and and then you would sit there and be like, no, 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 everything's okay. I love my parents. And then they, you get home and they would sit there and pull out the fucking belt. And it's like, yep. don't you ever fucking say that shit ever fucking again. <laughs> yeah, your mouth shut. Stick your horror movies in your fucking phone. <laughs> <laughs> that happened to you so many times back when I was a kid. <laughs> 
Yeah, but at the same time, we were younger, man. We, we you know, we learned the rule of the belt. They grow up to be, you know, nimble. <laughs> taught, taught us to duck and weave, baby. You, know? <laughs> you, see, you see that mom? You see mom reach for the clog? You know, shit's coming. You better start moving. <laughs> well, no, the, the bigger thing wow. was that yeah. you learn you learned how to make the same. You learned how to put yourself in a position where it didn't hurt so much, but not let your yeah. parents yeah. know that. <laughs> You know, you you learned how to make yeah. the same noises. This way, they still felt satisfied, like they were kicking the shit out of you. Especially when you were caught in the death dangle, when you had that one arm. You know, mom's hanging you by that one arm, and she's got that one one arm cocked back with the the, the fucking. Because I grew up in the fucking early '80s, so my mom had fucking wood, a lot of wooden clogs. You know, in in public, it would be like the death dangle, wooden clog cocked, and you sit there and have to sit there and. Learn how to roll your body to take the hit, but minimal damage. But like the ghoul said, still give the same amount of vocal satisfaction to the mom and the entire audience that was around because there was always a fucking audience. You know, mm-hmm. no, oh. not, not, yeah. not, you know, not not going. Don't you do that? It was yeah, you beat that kid's ass. You know, that's what it was back then. Was yeah, you beat oh, that yeah. kid. Yeah. <laughs> well, see, see, for me, I'm like my mom obviously would uh, would be smart enough to not, you know, go full on like, hey, I'm gonna kick the ever loving shit out of you in front of people. But that that's where the grab would occur, like that strong arm grab and that that hissing whisper in your ear of. You know, just wait till we get home because you're gonna fucking get it. You know, like that kind of thing. Longest, yes, the longest fucking car ride ever. Yep, it was silent that car ride. (laughs) And my mom was a psycho. She would hit me with whatever was handy, man. It did not make a difference. She, if, as long as she could get her hands on something, that is what I was getting beat with. You know, she literally tried to pick up my television and hit me with it once. It's <laughs> whatever it was. Telephones got broken. Genesis controllers got broken. It did not matter. Oh, oh, oh man. I, I, she I had fucking... a few controllers thrown in my head back in the day. <laughs> I remember that thing. <sighs> I was like, yeah, is it still okay, though? Like, I can still play it. Like, you know, it's fine. Yeah, but they got no speed on those controls when they used to whip those motherfuckers, man. Dude, my mother <laughs> beat me with my Genesis controller till the freaking controller fell off the wire. And then in frustration, <laughs> in frustration, she turned into Indiana Jones and beat the shit out of me with the wire. Okay, she started whipping me like Dr. Jones himself, man. <laughs> no time for uh, little Dr. Jones. <laughs> oh man, that just brings me back. Because eventually, when I hit my, my growth spurt and I got bigger, and they're like, "Yeah, we can't fuck with this kid anymore because he's gonna come after us if we keep beating him." Like, what's that? And, yeah, okay, I'm good. And for all of you, you know millennials listening at home, Sorry. this is what it was like growing up in Generation X. <laughs> Yeah. Well, here's another part of that, though. And, you know, like, and it kind of is a sad thing. Like, what you just said, King, kind of reminds me of it. I remember when I hit an age in which, at one point, my stepfather was coming after me about something. And, like, I stood my ground to fight. And it was almost like he could see, like, a, and it was weird. Frank never really showed a lot of emotion on anything, you know? Right. Hell, but half the time I didn't th- fucking think the guy even cared for me, let alone, like, cared about me. Um, 
but I remember this fight particularly, and I remember the whole look on his face when I like actually was like ready to fuck him up. And I think he realized not only that I could do it, but that I would do it, and it was like sadness on his end. You know, like surprise mm. and sadness, like that I would be that disrespectful and do that, you know? And it made me feel like shit. I felt worse now at that point. That was, that was worse than any beating he could have ever given me. Mm-hmm. I remember mine well, too. When I was in my early teens, my father, you know, he wanted to go to town with me, and I just looked at him like, you want to go again? And he's like, all right, so we're not going to go again. <laughs> yeah. my, my mother on have hand, she'll up. still try to fight me now <laughs> oh, my, mother was, my mother was still slapping me right across the face and she goes, like, get your shit together kid I'm like sorry I didn't mean it <laughs> you know, mommy no like, we're gonna we're gonna regroup meanwhile Matty G's like hey I got the bible I'm good <laughs> I'm just gonna sit over here and read some passages and we're going to be fine. <laughs> Mom, Jesus, Jesus says you shouldn't beat me, Mama. <laughs> you know, that satanic motherfucker over there, yeah, you got to hit him. Shut up. Mom, did you think Mary beat Jesus like you beat Andy? <laughs> <laughs> probably did. It's probably a good thing you're beating the Christ out of him right now. But God damn it. Shut up. Stop giving your ideas, Maddie. <laughs> cool over here. Matt, Matt standing on the side reading the book of Revelations while Andy's getting his ass kicked. But he really lines up with a lot of things that they're saying about this Antichrist character here. <laughs> I mean, Andy Antichrist, that, I think it comes together. Mama, Mama, I think Andy's ass is the seventh seal. You better break that shit. <laughs> <laughs> you better make him see Christ. <laughs> Nobody wants to break that <laughs> deal. Let's be real here. <laughs> yeah, I know. Stop it. I just want to watch Ghostbusters. You can't tonight. <laughs> I don't like Jesus anymore. <laughs> he sucks. Where shut, is he? Shut up and drink, shut up and drink your Ecto Cooler. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, there's a cooler. <laughs> yeah, oh, my God, yeah. Flashbacks. Oh shit! <laughs> Go to therapy tonight. <laughs> All right. So that was. Oh. Oh man. All right. And he, and he's going to sip right. in his exo, exo cooler. Crying. <laughs> you know. Just holding my ghostbusters blanket up to my chest. <laughs> Just let me be your peace. Bobby Brown, make it better. Make it better, Bobby Brown. Yeah. <laughs> We're back, man, right? 89. I just said Satan's kind of cool. Well, I guess we're going to have to take control. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to come on, Bobby. Take me to sleep. Please take me out of this nightmare. <laughs> Well, I'll be fucking dipped in shit. 
You know, I really didn't think all that much through on that one. But you know what? I'll uh, I'm just gonna I'm gonna wing this real quick, and you know I'm gonna okay. force you motherfuckers to watch Midsummer. There you go. Boom. Oh, okay. shit. You know what? Valentine's oh. Day is around the corner. We're going to talk about love and springtime. Because you know what? Groundhog uh, Day is going to happen soon, too. Yeah. Can, can we do Groundhog Day? It was coming. I know. Can we just have a Groundhog Day? All right. That's all right. That's fine. Because I know that's cool. I'm going to make this take a while. All right, cool. You got to plug for us. Because I know Valentine's oh. Day is coming up, baby. It is, and like I said earlier, you know, the Goo Girl did real well last night. She 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 pleased me thoroughly, and uh, mm. as such, I was, we're not making babies. After watching Mom and Dad, we definitely know we're not having any more kids. That's for sure. Um, but Goo pulled out real babies, quick. There's no there's no better way to get yourself in the position movie? to make more babies than by going to Bonfire Beat Designs on Etsy. Uh, on there, there's all kinds of handcrafted jewelry. She's been working again. She's got that inspiration back. And some of the stuff she's making is just simply beautiful. So get on there. Go get your boyfriend something, your girlfriend something. Uh, I'd say your pets, but I'm, I'm not, not into that. Um, but, but whoever your significant <laughs> other is, go. Well, again, there's like 58 genders nowadays. So, you know, whatever it is. You want to identify as a <laughs> fucking dog? Then I gender. guess, yeah, go get your dog something. But I hope it's a human identifying as a dog, not a dog identifying <laughs> as a human, because that would be weird. Um, but like I said, go to Etsy. All one word. Bonfire Beat Designs. All right. All That's right. right. Make, cool. sure to visit, make, make sure to visit our sponsor, because she pays us so that we can keep, stay on the air. All right? So, remember... Mm-hmm. <laughs> so without her, you don't have us. So go go to Bonfire B Designs, buy some shit, make the ghoul happy, make us happy, so we keep making you happy on the airline, the airwaves, okay? And I'm the Mad Monkey saying thanks for listening to tonight's really fucked up episode. <laughs> and good night, everybody. <laughs> uh, fuck up towards the end. <laughs> Thank you, friends. Dig if you will. This episode. <laughs> Mars Day is out. Yeah. <laughs> So, yes, uh, the gold pick is next week. Ariaster's Midsummer is up for discussion. Can't wait. So, we'll see you guys here next week. We're going elevated, man. Elevated. Oh, that's. Oh. We're going elevated. Yeah. Okay, I got you, man. Elevated hard. <laughs> We got to get high to go deep, man. We got to elevate it up to go deep down inside. Well, damn. So that's where we're going. We're going Midsummer by Way of Wicker Man. We'll see you guys here next week. Ari Aster's movie. Keep America strong. Watch horror movies. Hail Satan. Hail yourselves. We'll see you here next week.